I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, a lot of other NHL stories going on today. Uh, very, very few uh, strictly Red Wings conversations going on. Uh, Zero. None. When you're, when you're a last place team, uh, that's, that's where you got to focus. Is, uh, the rest of the NHL. Reap what you sow. Yeah. You We've got a garden of diarrhea. Yeah. We've just got the manure. No, no vegetables in this garden. Go ahead. So we are still watching NHL games. Uh, so if you want to follow along, if you want to follow the, uh, the discussion five at VOD Hockey. And uh, we're also on Instagram, Brothers on the underscore discussion. Uh, yesterday, the only meme I came up with that was, uh, I had, a, had an okay time with um, was in that uh, Chicago Blackhawks and uh, Edmonton Oilers game that uh, just didn't turn out. So great for uh, the Oilers. It got a little bit closer, but uh, at the end there, but it it, it was easily a, a Blackhawks win. Uh, but Mike Smith getting uh, hung out to dry, so he gets pulled out of the net. He's covered in sweat. And I said, "Man, that guy is way too sweaty for being hung out to dry for the last period and a half." Um, I was pretty proud of that one. I think I only got like two likes, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's just it's not fair when you don't have an established brand on Twitter. That uh, the, the juicy memes don't uh, don't make it up the rankings because other people just post like Mike Smith exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark and it's got eight hundred likes and it's like what the f- okay cool have fun with yeah. that um, anyways yeah. if uh, if you want to continue to follow brothers in discussion uh, you can find uh, find us in our pro wrestling podcast uh, at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at BOD Podcast for that show. And uh, the Instagram account I mentioned earlier is a joint account for both the Red Wings Podcast and the Wrestling Podcast, as well as our YouTube channel, which is also just labeled as the Brothers of Discussion. Um, and uh, of course, uh, the quick reminder uh, checking out the Hockey Podcast Network there on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. And uh, as you heard at the top of the show, uh, it is uh, the Arizona Coyotes podcast that we uh, we had our advertisement there for. And you'll hear from the Arizona Coyotes podcast later in the show as uh, we introduce uh, sort of, I, I don't know if I want to call it a special segment. I mean, these are, I, I took a look at the, the, uh, the, the count here, Mike. A couple of the interviews that we'll be playing today are quite long. Um, so we might need to repeat them so that people, uh, so they're spread out. Um, but basically, uh, we are talking to five different NHL teams, at least I may, I may get some more, uh, audio later today, uh, on why Red Wings fans should be cheering for them. 
Uh, is their history? Do we owe them? Uh, are there similarities in play style? Maybe there's similarities, as you'll hear later, in uh, you know the the standings for the qualifier round in, in regards to who that last place team is. Uh, so we've got the Habs, the Caps, the Yotes, uh, the Knights, and the Oilers so far. Uh, like I said, we could be getting some more audio later, but uh, you definitely want to listen to those because uh, everybody had some fun letting the Red Wings fans know why uh, they should be tuning in. And then uh, it's actually coming from the Hockey Podcast Network, so you guys get to hear from each one of these uh, these different shows. And while the playoffs are going on, uh, a couple other shows to check out. Uh, and uh, we just, you know, we, we feel bad. Uh, we're still going to be going through these NHL drafts, even though there's, you know, 2014 playoff going on right now. Anyway. There's not a lot to talk about. Um, first, Well, the first question I want to ask would be, since we have these other teams coming on, um, yeah, who, Mike? Because you you were you were describing like what the nightmare situations would be, and I think they kind of started yeah. yesterday. Uh, but oh, who, who do we who do we want to make it through the qualifiers? Uh, yeah, like uh, one of our favorite references is uh, the Athletic uh, that Max uh, Boltman's a really good writer. Uh, he, he tried to say, you know, Red Wings are out. What, as a Red Wing fan, who should you be rooting for? Um, he threw the lightning out there because it's like, ah, oh, you got the Iserman connection. You know, it's they got a couple players that we really wanted to, to you know, sign away from them, you know, that are going to come up in our redraft in a minute. But I really think he's off the mark because he, he picked Montreal. And I can't think of a more nauseating situation than <laughs> Montreal advancing. Um and Pittsburgh retooling with our boy Lafreniere. I, 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 there's one team that I want to just sweep all the way to the cup, and it's Pittsburgh. Please, for the love of God, Montreal, just start pulling your goalie for the entire third period. There's no reason for you to win. You, you need to take one for the rest of the team. You need to lose these games at all costs. But you want um, them to lose the cup, right? You don't, We're not going to actively root for Pittsburgh to win another Stanley Cup. That seems... Like if I they just get want to draft as far away as possible. Just put them all the way to the last last pick. It's I'll take it. I just then, I don't want there to be any doubt. Somebody falls. I, I don't no. know. I, you, this makes no sense. You, admit, you, want them admit out. you <laughs> don't want them. Admit you don't want them to win the Stanley Cup because you don't say. Well, I don't want them to have left You know what? They're going to be good. You know what? So okay, it's Stanley coming out. Cup. I'm a cla- I'm a no. It's coming out. All right. I'm a I'm a closeted Jake Wetzel fan. There, I said it. I want Jake Wetzel on the on the Lord Stanley Cup. How many, Damn! If I have out. to yell at you one more time about <laughs> fucking Jake's name, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> That's um, the only way I can love him, but still just keep him at arm's length by mis mis dispronunciating his name. Um, man, I, so absolutely, I want Montreal to just tank at all costs. But the question I had for you, and I didn't realize how competitive this is going to be for our, for our hearts. Would you rather see Edmonton or Chicago advance? Because you're either picking, uh, you know, Illinois version of Pittsburgh, or you're taking Ken Holland, potentially getting Lafreniere. How do you feel about that? Also, I mean, the joke started yesterday when Edmonton started letting the pucks drop in there uh, of, you know, a top line of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Alexi Lafreniere. Um, I mean, from yeah. the standpoint of 
It's just seeing that that line get put together would be amazing. Where if if somebody was sitting there going like, oh man, now we can put, uh, you know, Lafreniere, you can play with Taves, and, and Taves can sort of see a, a resurgence because they'll have that speedy youngster <sighs> with them. I that pains me to hear. Like I, I actually want Chicago to make it through. I I do. I I'm I'm okay if Edmonton. If Edmonton gets, you know, they get, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, if they lose and they end up picking up Lafreniere, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I, it sucks because I mean it's obvious why it sucks. Another first pick for. for it's Edmonton. just you know what's funny about it is like um, like uh like a decade ago or wow goodness gracious it's longer than that uh, about uh, <laughs> almost twenty years ago. Um, you know, we're, we, we've been doing these redrafts and Cal, Ken Holland's like, you know what, I'm going to see what these, uh, Russian prospects are like, Pavel Dasuk, well, let's give him a shot. And now it's like, you know, if they lose the series to Chicago and it's kind of like, well, we discovered this new way to draft players. We, uh, you know, hope for an outbreak, a super contagious outbreak. We get into a, uh, weird playoff <laughs> tournament and, uh, we, tank the first round and for some reason we had a little bit of success in the regular season it didn't matter we still got the first pick so <laughs> we do this new thing where we play pretty good you know give the fans uh buying tickets you know give them a show and then we tank in the first round and take advantage of a, a, a worldwide epidemic kind of this new thing we're doing so he's gonna be on our team looks like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if it fell into their lap. It's such a Holland thing to occur. I I mean I guess that's right. We we talked about that when we started doing the redrafts. Uh, how how good is is uh, the pro scouting department when they wait till the sixth or seventh round to pick up a guy? Right. Uh, and who's just rolling the dice? Uh, I I think I think we have some 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 good picks here. Uh, but again, uh, I I want you guys uh, to hear for yourself. So, Mike, we're just going to insert these throughout the show. Uh, I, I want to re- uh, introduce Mason Dixon of the Montreal Canadiens podcast, Habs Nightly. Uh, they are, I mean, they, they've got to be over the moon right now after taking down uh, Pittsburgh yesterday. The, the big conversation piece is, can Carey Price do enough to get the Canadians passed? Uh, so, everybody, please enjoy my conversation with Mason Dixon. And uh, we will uh, we'll be back, and we'll continue our conversation on what's going on with the uh, with the playoffs. One, all right, everybody. Like I promised, we are going to talk to a few different teams in the NHL. Why? Well, I mean, you know, when you suck balls, uh, you got to find something to do over the next. Uh, what did what did I just say? Did I say eight to twelve weeks? Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Habs Nightly, which is going to be. Uh, uh, in control of the Montreal Canadiens podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you can find Habs Nightly on Twitter as at Habs Nightly. So it's uh, H-A-B-S-N-I-G-H-T-L-E. T-L- oh, my God. T-L-Y. <laughs> Spell that one wrong. Uh, and I have uh, Mason and last name Dixon. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Off, that was off my memory. Sweet. And, uh, <laughs> Mason, you've got your Patreon for the qualifier round I want to make sure everybody knows about. And... Um, the uh, the biggest assholes of the NHL also coming out that I was very excited to uh, on the most recent episode. You guys hit your uh, your quota for likes and retweets, so I'm I, I hope that didn't take uh, the 13 hours that you you were <laughs> you were guessing oh, it was going to take for you to put it together. Took a, took honestly like 
the biggest asshole is actually getting the list wasn't too bad. It was finding a good bracket maker on the internet. Oh, that yeah. took me forever. I, uh, I, I can actually tell you, I, I've been in charge of like doing, um, well, when I was in school, I was, I was doing like a marketing club and, uh, we did this horrible thing of, uh, like ping pong tournament. Like, it, was, it was a beer, it was a beer pong tournament. We couldn't call it beer pong though, for the sake of the school. But I had to eliminate myself because I couldn't find a good bracket thing. Cause I had to sit there and update the goddamn, like I had it, I had it on my, like my, my flat screen in my living room, just, you know, Hey everybody, here's where everything stands. And it was, it was literally like three matches in. I was like, well, shit, this thing sucks so much. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm eliminated. Everybody else have fun. Good luck with the $500 cash prize. Or oh, that's there. awful. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was it, part of it was for charity, so I kind of told myself maybe I'm just being a good person. But uh, no, uh, I hope yeah, I, I hope that doesn't go, or, or I guess it already has. But uh, I hope it wasn't that bad for you that uh, you had to give up and throw something away. But oh, uh, uh, I I actually I spent about an hour and a half. I found this really cool website, and I'm not going to plug them because I <laughs> I put so much time into it and i went to download and it was like 20 bucks to download i was like oh are you oh, fucking kidding God. me man yeah so jesus <laughs> no right, plug well, for them but uh yeah. well this is this is I'll, I'll set this up for us we can we can knock down these pins pretty easy um i actually i i, I strategized here i'm i'm going original six hat because i figure we got to start here like where's the relationship what why, why am I, you know, why, why, why are the Montreal Canadiens on the Red Wings podcast? And, uh, you know, we got to stick together. We're, we're the original <laughs> six. It's, it's becoming uh, more and more of like, a, like an old man trope, I feel like, the original six. We're, we're turning into like the, if you even bring it up, it's an eye roll across the rest of the league. But um, Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, for me, I, we talked about it just a little bit uh, online. I've been a huge fan of the Montreal Canadiens. And it started when I was a, a little guy because I love, 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 love that Habitat logo and that jersey. I love the red, white, and blue. Oh my god! Uh, and you know, when you're a kid, you don't really, uh, you're not really thinking past logos. But then because of that, uh, out, I, I, I made the mistake once of telling uh, a Red Wings announcer that I, I liked the Canadians almost more than the Red Wings. That oh, was no. a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> uh, that, and that was years ago. Uh, but, but I can at least still say they're, they're in my top five. And, you know, you know, we're red, you know, we're the original red teams. We're like, you know, right. long lost cousins. We've, we've been around for a while, you know, about heads actually, every once in a while. But I've got a streak going, too, of every uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens game in Detroit. Yours truly attends. And I, I think that that's probably the best way for me to at least say I'm still sticking true to being a, a Habs fan. But, so you uh, saw you saw a lot of dubs this year then. Oh, yeah. You guys swept us. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I was thinking I'm not going to bring that up. It, it just seems too mean at this point. But maybe maybe it's okay since you guys are actually in the qualifier round. <laughs> and we are looking from the outside. Well, um, I... What was it's like a wicked percentage of your wins or Habs against the Habs this year oh, too? Yeah, it's it, it's hilarious. It, um, it hurt I, a lot. Well, see, that's the that that's the thing, right? Like, um, 
if I, I you know nothing really changes in either of our situations like when you when you take a peek at it i mean i i i'm pretty sure you guys would still be on the, the bubble side of things um with with your points total like let's say it flips the other way and canadians go four and oh i i mean the way that i i look at it is it, it's just like this anomaly this really is just for red wings fans uh <laughs> like the canadians fans can just kind of go it didn't really happen like Let's focus on the Penguins. Let's, you know, if that doesn't go well, we've got a left run here. Um, but well, actually, that's let me let me throw that question out there to you. Are 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 you uh, before before I let you give your your quick pitch on on uh, Red Wings fans uh, cheering for the Canadians? How wh where are you where are you leaning? You want to beat the Penguins or do you want Lafreniere? Because I mean, Lafreniere in Montreal—that's got to be like. Like uh, the, I mean, the perfect situation. I'm I'm so torn because, you know, I, it's hard to watch a game and root for your team to lose because then you're not a fan, you know. Like, right? I know I'm gonna be sitting there screaming at Crosby, calling him a bitch, want like <laughs> you know, <laughs> cry baby. Like I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be off my rocker. Yeah. But uh, I think looking at it from like a logical like GM kind of standpoint. Montreal does not want to win this series because <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're just going to get past Pittsburgh and just run headfirst into the Bruins or someone and we're going to be out. Well, then, like, let, let's say that does let, let's say that does happen, because I, I, I totally get it. I mean, um, like that that GM perspective is kind of why I, I actually went through the whole Red Wings season with a smile on my face because I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, this all turns out pretty poorly. But in the end. We'll have a shot at Lafreniere, um, and 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 you're right. Uh, I think you do lose a little bit. Like uh, if if you if you can't simultaneously cheer for your team, like if you're watching these games and you want them to lose, uh, but uh, just just to this, <laughs> this season though, if you're not laughing through every game, oh boy, uh, <laughs> you're probably seeking some special help. But uh, the 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 question I wanted to 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 throw out there is, is if you guys are getting past the Penguins, it's probably a pretty good bet that uh, Carey Price has a lot to do with that. Uh, that you know what? That's my perspective. You might have a, a, a different uh, look on that, but is it possible that that Carey could carry you guys uh, through a few rounds? I mean, when Carey Price is your goalie, I think anything is possible. Because, you know, he hasn't, I'm not a delusional Habs fan, and I'm not going to tell you Carey <laughs> Price is, you know, still the Vesna winning right. you know, heart trophy receiving goalie that he once was. But um, Carey, I don't know, he can flick into that old Carey Price at any moment. And I think the big factor is he has a lot of drive to win this year. And, uh, you know, looking at that exhibition game against the Leafs, it was a 4-2 loss, but two of them were shorthanded goals. One was across. Carey Price actually played a pretty good game. So I think it is possible that Carey Price leads them through, but if Montreal gets past Pittsburgh, look at Philip Deneau too, because he's going to be tasked with playing Crosby, playing Malkin. It's going to be I was going to say. I was gonna set you up for that. I was gonna say if it's not Carey Price, uh, who else? Gonna I was gonna hint. I have a pretty good idea of who you're a huge fan of. Selkie uh, Trophy should be finalist exactly. Philip Deneau. I uh, everybody Wings fans. Uh, so part of this is I'm I'm hoping you guys are all gonna check out Habs Nightly, but you got to check out episode 66 uh, 
on uh, I think I think that was July 26th then it's, I, I'm not sure how it's going to be labeled or the easiest way to find it but goddamn you want to hear a guy get behind <laughs> no I mean kind of the same way I what what's funny is I, I've spent most of our show and our existence um, kind of I, I backpedal quite a few seasons but your passion is is pretty similar to how I always wanted Pebble that suit to win a heart trophy uh, but yeah God damn, like it's almost too obvious and it, and it hurts the way the selkie works because uh, you mentioned it on your show that it's just, it's all based on reputation because oh, it's so 100%. hard to, yeah, it's, it's so hard to measure. And uh, you know, as, as a guy that followed uh, Pavel Datsuk and then he could just double up the number two guy in takeaways. But then when we go back and look at like takeaways and giveaways, is that really the only way to define a good defensive forward? But um, yeah, I mean, if, if you guys aren't paying attention to Danelle, I, 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 I just, you can't recommend it enough. And if you're an analytics fiend, uh, you already know that this cat is like another level. I mean, uh, and you'll probably agree with this, but like Bergeron when Bergeron was Bergeron, yeah <laughs> basically know. like when when pavel dotsuk was winning all his selkie trophies and getting all those nominations yeah you know it would partially you know you could say reputation but pavel dotsuk was pavel dotsuk like he he earned them and bergeron definitely you know he has done everything to earn the reputation he has absolutely but yeah looking at the way he's played with boston the last two seasons his his main and i think that was my main argument his main goal isn't to stop opponent centers anymore. It's to put up points with Pasta and Marchand. And I think, you know, a defensive forward, you know, should be usually a guy whose main goal is to stop Connor McDavid, stop, you know, Bergeron and Marchand, guys like that. So that's where I think it's become sort of a best offensive defensive forward, kind of like the Norris is the best offensive defenseman. And, you know, that's just the way the yep. voters are voting right now, and it's frustrating, but... Yeah, you, I, I, yeah. You do start to wonder if there's a, you know, best defensive defenseman award coming soon. But uh, the last thing I want, uh, the last thing I want to do here for you, Mason, is give you that opportunity to. Uh, I know I'll be watching the Canadians and cheering for them, uh, but I want the rest of uh, that. Let's go Red Wings Nation to know <laughs> that they've they've got someone that they can trust to root for. Not only because you're facing the Penguins, but. Uh, well, you know what? I don't want to steal anything from you. I don't want to steal any thunder. So um, I'm not sure if you had anything prepared or if you have anything off the top of your head. But Oh, I, um, I have a little I have a little something prepared. Awesome. All right. I can't wait to hear it. All right. <clears throat> well, you know, we are the Habs. We've sucked ass like you have all year. <laughs> and uh, just like you, you finished last place in the NHL. Well, we're last in the play-in. And I think, you know, we share a common goal. We're last place brothers or sisters, you know, whatever. You should be with us because, you know, we gave you those four wins. We gave you some joy on the year. <laughs> now give us some support because God damn, do we need it? You know, the rest of the league is not for Montreal. They want to see us go down. They want to see us burn. You know, please, if you have any kindness left in your heart, and I wouldn't blame <laughs> you for not having any because that season was fucking horrible. Outside of Larkin and Anthony Mantha, like, man, I, I guess Perduzzi's a little bit of a shining bright spot too. That was tough to yeah. watch. Yeah. But, you know, 
Habs fans, we need your help. We need your support. Our last place brothers, please, and sisters, please give us your support. Oh, I, I, I love that. Um, and, and honestly, everybody, uh, it, it, it is going to be a fun ride. Um, I do hope I get to see those Habs colors going into the next round. Uh, you know, even though there's still a part of me as, as, a, as a Habs fan that I want to see Lafreniere, if he's not going to land in Detroit, goddamn, he better land in Montreal. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed on that one. And uh, Mason, I, I, unless there's anything else you wanted to make sure uh, the, the Red Wings fans out there knew what was going on with your show, uh, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on to do this <laughs> because, uh, uh, like I said, if, if it wasn't for my fandom with the Habs, um, you know, I, 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 I worry that uh, I worry that the Red Wings fans would, wouldn't uh, – wouldn't give you guys, wouldn't give you guys the chance. So I'm glad that you were able to come on and be the second voice so that everybody will, will make sure they get on board with the Habs. But uh, yeah, any, anything else you want to throw out there? Um, otherwise, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity to uh, plead the Habs case. I'll just leave you with, uh, if Montreal does go out and uh, Gary Bettman doesn't make sure Lafreniere goes to Montreal... <laughs> fucking fire him yeah <laughs> oh and i love that you said that uh constant constant topic on our show uh <laughs> man, if you if you don't believe that the nhl wants to control a piece of that lottery draft uh you're you're crazy man you're off your fucking rocker all right uh, he's behind it yeah thank you so much man um and um yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be uh, some good opportunities going into next season because it sounds like maybe we're rolling into that pretty quick. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to chit-chat again soon. Yes, hopefully. And hopefully uh, not a sweep next year, but we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, geez, I, I will trade a winning season to go 0-4 <laughs> next year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one too. All right, Mason, thank you so much. Everybody, uh, just like uh, our, our podcast, make sure you're checking out every Monday uh, for Habs Nightly. And then uh, that Patreon they're going to be doing for the qualifier round to get a, get a few bits of uh, extra content out there. Uh, follow their Twitter at Habs Nightly to get all that information. And biggest assholes of the NHL. Can't go wrong there. All right, Mason, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. All right. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Uh, to keep moving along here, we've got uh, Matt Dumba came out, Mike, at the uh, the start of this uh, Chicago Blackhawks and uh, Edmonton game. Actually, you know what? Uh, real quick, uh, sort of underrated aspect here. Because the NHL sort of hates the West Coast so much, um, I, was, I was excited to see this game because it, it is pretty rare that I get to see an Edmonton Oilers game. But uh, even better was uh actually was this at the beginning of that game oh shoot maybe i'm speaking out of turn anyway um yes yes it was that game uh i had to think about uh malcolm suban and what jersey he was wearing because he was on uh, matt dumba's right side holding his shoulder as matt dumba kneeled through the uh national anthem first time a hockey player had done it uh on the ice it's great was it enough to have another 18 guys from either team standing on either side of Dumba with uh, your players of color on either side with a, an arm on his shoulder, but standing around him? 
I don't know why we can't just have them all kneel. Or have the guys that support Matt Dumba just kneel. Why? Yeah, it was it was a little a little odd. I mean it, it's one of those we do in a pro in the pro wrestling podcast where they're trying to be better and we say, All right, is this better than it was yesterday? Absolutely it was better than yesterday. Uh and I and I mean yes like not not what happened uh you know yesterday. I mean, you know, is the NHL doing better than they were the day before? Yes. Uh I mean they put in big uh, bold letters uh, on all their screens, and you had it on your TVs, like, end racism. Um, but what would be that step better is just to have everybody, you know, like in the NBA, you see Black Lives Matter, it's everywhere. It's it was the, literally on the backs of jerseys. They didn't even have their it's names. on the floor, on the court. Yeah, I mean, there was even some really cool moments that with, with tone deaf announcers uh, and I feel, I almost feel bad for the announcers who got set up to fail. Uh, Cause you would do, you know, like say her name, um, you know, for Brianna, you would, uh, you know, have black lives matter on your, on the back. And Jimmy Butler went out there with nothing. Uh, he's a uh, guard for the Miami heat. And he was trying to say that, that if he wasn't an NBA player, he would be just another black man. So he, you know, he wants that to be realized that after basketball, that's how he's going to be treated. He's going to be judged on his blackness and not anything else. And it was a pretty powerful statement. And then the referees made him go put on a jersey with a name on. And during the game, <laughs> the commentators explained what Jimmy Butler was doing. And it's pretty, you know, um, a provocative message. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, Jimmy Butler wasn't allowed to play. You got to have something on your jersey. <laughs> And it's just, why would you set that person up to fail? Like, they, they should have known what was going on. Anyway, it was just a little thing, but I agree that the NHL probably could have done more. It was a little odd to just see one guy kneeling and nobody yeah. else kneeling, um, especially because we, we have all these guys right here. It's not like they don't take knees, you know, for stretches or anything else like that. It's not that odd. So, I, I don't know. I mean, they could have done more. It's it's like you said, how much are we supposed to really expect? They're, you know, it's not a, a right. league that traditionally shows a lot of a hoot uh, for these kinds of things. Um, but at least they put out some sort of effort. Uh, I, I, I would I would be um, I, I would like to see them kind of look at what the NBA is doing and the commentating team, which. You know, we're the brothers of discussion. We talk about wrestling. And when, like, the, the New Day had a really strong moment when they came out and didn't do their usual entrance, took a knee, you know, put their fist up. Um, it was, you know, pretty powerful. But the commentary team didn't say anything before, after, or during, acknowledging what they were doing, why they were doing, how you can support. The NBA has been really good about that. Uh, the commentary team has not been saying, you know, look, you know, with some social injustice. It's like, no, they were talking about Black Lives Matter. This is what you. This is why we're sending these messages. This is how you can help. So it's like kind of blown away how that was the the focal point instead of the actual game. So it was it was pretty amazing to see. So I I don't know if the if, if we can ask all that of the NHL. I mean, you can ask. I don't know if I'm going to expect to see that out of the NHL, but I I guess. I guess this was a baby step for them. So, yeah. And when you say, I wish they'd look at what the NBA is doing, that's exactly what they did. 
they this is their reaction to that um so they just said how far can we go and still you know and still fail and be the nhl um so it's not i i don't want it to sound like i i'm saying they failed yesterday with matt dumbo coming on the ice because that was a big moment it's all over you know the national media uh the nhl's being you know applauded and, and, and again that, that this is the uh, you should do something like this i think it's just the execution like the final thing we see there's still question marks and there shouldn't be question marks i i, I mean it, it should just be let's just go let's do as much as we can let's just go all out we, we had every nhl team put out a post that says um you know that to, to some rhetoric of uh social fight against social injustice kind of thing uh but let's let's just say black lives matter let's have everybody kneel uh let's make the statement let's fight for humanity uh, i don't know uh it's just i've heard uh, you know i think we've seen it from both sides that people are just like oh my god the nhl did such a great and it, it is it is like the, the right the step in the right direction but i mean I think uh, Re brought up like in wrestling, and I, and I said it as well. Like, can you do better than you did the day before? I just the NHL is at such a point. Like, they could have gone, they could have gone just as far as the NBA, um, and they're so big, it's not a problem. Where you know, as you and I, as a couple of pro wrestling fans, if the WWE, I mean, I, and I'm saying from a business perspective, if they go too far in one direction um we will be very happy but they are so scared because a good like a great percentage of their audience is incredibly intolerant and like they would be shaking in their boots for the nhl is not i don't know if they have that problem i think their problem is just like they are the they're they're really like um systemic racism and like the entire league, right, it is basically a representation of, of systemic racism. Like, you 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 can't get into it unless you're you're wealthy um, and and white, and you live in a good neighborhood. Like, if you have to have an ice rink near you, uh, so I mean, it's it's just like, oh well, uh, I guess none of the boxes are checked for, you know, neighborhoods that I just said it that aren't as wealthy. So it's it's just like yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it takes a funding to, to play. And, you know, if you're not in a, uh, an area that's gonna, you know, financially support it, it's, it's really hard to kind of, um, you know, kindle that, um, that level of, uh, um, like interest and stuff like that, because you can't even get out there to play. So, you know, that's maybe where they can take steps to, you know, like invest in the community and stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of help, help out areas that, you know, maybe do have genuine interest, but you, you just don't even have the, 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 the means to, you know, even try hockey, let alone, you know, get really great at it. So, you know, that's a, that's a little baby step they could make. That would also be a pretty good PR move, but uh, we know how the NHL is not super focused on, uh, <laughs> um, you know, making excellent PR moves. So uh, we'll leave it at that, but uh, bravo to bravo to Matt. Um, he he did cut a really good, really good speech there. Um, <laughs> the uh, 
the emotion started to hit him a little bit and it started hitting me kind of watching him too. And it was a little distracting when they kept pulling the camera back. You could just see, you know, certain players look like, you know, when you're at church and some of the kids, you know, are not paying attention and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like something important is going on up here. Can you, can you look at Matt just, just for a few minutes? Um, but you know, it's more of a failure on the production team, I guess, but good on him. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely proud of Matt. Uh, that, that was a tough situation to kind of be thrown into. Um, so how do we transition out of this conversation? Well, um, it's just part of the show. It's yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's give you another taste here of, uh, of what's going on uh, in these other NHL podcasts. Um, uh, we, we've been talking about this, uh, this game, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Edmonton Oilers. So let's hear from, uh, the Oilers podcast. Uh, if you guys want to sit back and relax, this one is, is really good. John, uh, from, from the Oilers podcast, uh, jumps in here, um, Actually, we had we had both boys uh, from the podcast jump in, uh, and I just uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is this is good. To, you know, uh, Ken Holland's new team. Uh, what do they have to say uh, about getting your uh, temporary fandom uh, here in the NHL playoffs? Hello, Red Wings fans! It is John and Kyle here from the Oil Country Podcast. Reason number one why you should cheer for the Edmonton Oilers this postseason: you guys spent years and decades cheering for a team that always made the playoffs. Now you can cheer for a team that's in the playoffs that hadn't made the playoffs for a decade. We're basically you guys 10 years in the future, and we got Holland back. And it's new Ken Holland, not the Holland at the end of his tenure that signed bloated contracts. He's young, he's refreshed, he's ready to win more cups, and you guys can cheer for a guy that brought you a lot of your success. The next reason is if we lose, we might get the first overall pick, something you guys don't have a chance to do this year. Plus, we got the two best players in the world right now, Drysaddle and McDavid. I don't know what other reason there really needs to be to watch this team. All right, Mike, we're back. Um, we are uh, making our way around the NHL, as everybody can hear. Uh, but one of the things we also love to do, Mike, is have our Lawnmower 3.0 make its way around our crotch region and that's right we're talking about manscapes lawnmower 3.0 and how it can help you stay nice uh and and, and tight down there in those uh, nether regions uh light up uh where the sun don't shine with that led light oh god i thought mike was about to show off his shaved pubes all right Whew, thank god um, <laughs> so one of the nicest pairs of underwear i think i've ever owned uh <laughs> everybody if, if you're looking for a reason to uh, to purchase for Manscaped, um, the Lawnmower 3.0 tops that underwear. Holy crap! Do I love wearing that stuff? I mean, you can really move around. It's nice and soft. Um, <laughs> Mike, I don't know what, what what's your favorite activity to do in that that Manscaped underwear. Uh, your sound cut out a little bit. Did you say my favorite thing about wearing the Manscaped underwear? Your favorite activity, actually, in the Manscaped underwear. Wow. Um, I gotta say just day to day stretching. Um, I feel like I have perfect ventilation. I feel like I have wonderful flexibility in here. Um, I usually have like a buildup of bunk, but thanks to these, there's just, I just, I, 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 this is comfort I've never known before. Like I've, I've adjusted how I buy underwear now. (laughs) I've adjusted, um, 
my uh, my diet going forward, everything is everything's just going better for me. Um, I like the stretch. I like the feel. Um, it's it's the apex of comfort. There's no hyperbole in that statement. These are my favorite underwear that I own, and I own Star Wars underwear, so it's right up there. Well, I, I know also just holding in our, our new light and airy packages uh, that were cut so clean uh, because we've got that premium ball cutter. Lasts up to 90 minutes. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor. Let's not forget about that beautiful charging stand so you can show off. You are working with Mainscape, so uh, everybody that's special in your life will know what uh, what's going on in that special area. But uh, if you want to try out the lawnmower 3.0, uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's right, manscaped.com and promo code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network. Gets you 20% off and free shipping. So go to manscaped.com, use that promo code, try out the lawnmower 3.0, grab some underwear so you can be bouncing around the house just like Mike and I do every weekend, and use uh, promo code THPN. And, all right, Mike, time to jump into 2008 NHL Draft. Yeah, so we just go back in time because there's nothing in the present for us Red Wing fans. But, Matt, the 08 draft. Um, I got to say, you know, we've been trying to find the narrative of past drafts, you know, whether or not it was, uh, you know, the the building of the Penguins, the building of the Hawks. Um, Last last, uh, last draft, we had a one-man band. But this one, I think the narrative is one that we want to occur for the 2020 draft, uh, where the narrative is just have picks. My God, the entire draft made it. Uh, it seemed like every whoever you picked in the first round and like halfway through the second round made it and had a you know pretty um, pretty solid NHL career. Not five or ten games, like hundreds of games played. Uh, you know, an actual point share. You know, <laughs> did I, you actually mattered. Uh, you actually had a, a NHL level hockey card. Uh, we've seen so many of these drafts where it's just, you know, a, a pit after the first, you know, five picks. And then you kind of find some guys who are hanging out in the second, third round. But this, whoo, this is a hot draft. Um, uh, I mean, uh, Dowdy, Erickson, just pick a defenseman. Uh, John Carlson, Roman Yossi. Uh, There's it, it a massive list of guys. Um, it was really tough. I know we like putting these categories together. Um, but it was, it was really tough to like sort, there was some obvious losers, uh, because somehow two teams really screwed this pooch. Um, but I would say, uh, like scouting department, department winners, you can't give it to Tampa. They had the first pick. You can't give it to the Kings. They had the second pick. Let's, let's go out of them, man. I, I liked your choice here. Uh, basically everybody they picked Almost all everybody played a couple hundred games, which is when when you look at what the Red Wings did this in this year, uh, um, pretty enviable situation. Um, and they did draft a guy who has a fantastic mustache in his NHL reference uh, profile picture. In addition to being an excellent NHL hockey player, is Eric Carlson. So bravo to Ottawa there, um, who also managed to parlay him into. Some draft picks that we're going to see here in the next couple months, Matt, here in 2020. All right, those scouting department losers, then. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought this 
I thought yeah, it was it's an a surprise who's in. We're 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 one week removed from having a conversation like, oh my god, the Montreal Canadiens are in the scouting department winners list like every week, and uh, this it's it's this draft where they turned it around. Uh, turned over. They heard us. They heard yeah. us, and they said something. You know what? Let's bomb this draft. It, yeah, you mean they heard us? To, uh, they heard us. You know what? You guys don't know shit. Watch this. Well, that's uh, that's when they landed zero man games, uh, and o- only uh, <laughs> well, I shouldn't even say only, uh, but yeah, d- zero man games, uh, and it was a full draft for Montreal too. So I, there, oh. there's another team uh, up there that that also had quite a, a shit draft. Um, and again, when when you talk zero man games, I mean, there's nothing else to dissect. There, no, no, not a single guy they picked up made their way to the NHL draft or the uh, the NHL main roster. Uh, but also Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, now, to defend the Penguins, uh, they did not have a full draft, a uh, full stack of picks here. Uh, they only had five, uh, you know, as opposed to the normal seven. Uh, but still, only only one game to come out of that, which is kind of funny to me that it, it almost felt like, well, one of these guys has to do something, so they just threw out one of their guys. But, uh, yeah, Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh Penguins are two big draft losers. Only one game played. Um Leading us into uh, kind of, I, I would say the opposite of what a, a, a being a loser at drafting does, and and more uh, we have our dead soup diamond in the rough. Maybe maybe more of a lucky pick, right? Because if you knew this was going to turn out, you'd probably go a little bit higher with the draft. But right. any hoozles, uh, Cam Atkinson. I, I think I, I'll say this: uh, you can make a very easy argument uh, for me that Gustav Nyquist could win this. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with Cam Atkinson. Um, what, uh, what uh, the the note you have here? Uh, the the 69 points <laughs> uh, that he had to uh, to peak sort of uh, on the career there, and and he's asked to do a lot in Columbus, which I think um, lends more to him him being our dead soup diamond in the rough this uh, uh, for this draft as well as. Nike was being in the 120s. I think it was uh, like 129 or 124, and uh, Cam Atkinson is is 157. So you're you're just going a whole another round deeper into the draft. Uh, but yeah, this 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 to me, you could go either way. Um, but I think with what Cam Atkinson was asked to do with Columbus, and a lot of people give him shit, but I think it is just forgotten that uh, yeah, he's, he's picked 157th in the draft. So. Did we expect a lot? I think he's. I think he's performing pretty well for pick number one fifty-seven. Uh, yeah, but sure. uh, yeah, uh, Mike. Oh yeah, my my favorite one is the Yuri Depito Award uh, for the oldest player drafted. Uh, it's getting tougher and tougher to keep including this one. Um, for about like eight seasons now. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Like, like maybe two or three. We we created this award because Yuri Depito was drafted uh, at the young age of. 29, I believe. Uh, but now we're uh, a lot more sensible in these drafts. There's uh, uh, everybody kind of sticks to the same blueprint. Just get kids. We don't want to draft these 30 year olds. And it was mostly because of uh, like people didn't know how to handle uh, European leagues where these guys are established and they don't really need to, you know, be peppered throughout, you know, various minor league affiliates. Like they're 30 years old, they're grown ass men. Bring them aboard. So that's where Yuri DePeter came on. Uh, but this draft, we had uh, Colorado take a defenseman who got 30 games in. This old, old, old 
21 year old man in 2008 was drafted uh Giannis uh Holos so he, he you know he, he played a combined you know 30 games in the NHL uh which is more than you and I will ever ever play so bravo to Giannis so basically don't draft those old fart 21 year olds because it's not going to work out well, that's not necessarily true. If you are Montreal, you had a shot at playing 30 games, which is 30 more than you got out of 2008. Matt, the Good Boy Award. <laughs> uh, the Good Boy Awards go to Drew Doughty, who, um, and the Good Boy Award, again, uh, if you're not a longtime listener, is, is that award for somebody who, who sticks around, uh, just like uh, your best, you know, dog friend who, who sticks around and is loyal no matter what. Through thick uh, so and thin. These players. Yeah. Who's that? What? I said through thick and thin. Yes. Uh, and uh, we've, we've got a couple of great candidates here because, uh, you know what, you could, be, you could be a good boy but kind of suck. So we always try to keep these at the upper echelon of what's <laughs> going on in the draft. Right. Uh, but Drew Doughty, obviously a good boy, uh, especially with that eight-year deal he signed back in 2018. And then uh, Steven Stamkos, Mike, that you had to remind us that we were in the running to pick up Stamkos as an unrestricted free agent. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, all he ended up doing was sticking around with Tampa. Kind of one of the more disappointing, um, I think, free agency years uh, for for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, including that uh, Breeze and Suter season. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think I, was that back to back seasons that we were in that conversation, and then that was yeah, like, okay, so actually, was... what's going on here is we don't we don't get. It was, it was definitely a, you know, uh, coming back down to earth, a very yeah. emasculating moment uh, two years in a row where the Red Wings' blank check was sitting there and nobody wanted to sign there. Um, it was it was pretty sobering, emasculating, uh, pretty uh, uh, <laughs> devastating for the fan base who, since those years, I think we were kind of counting on those good old days when you just sign anybody we wanted. And then uh, people are like, no, nah, I want to not play there. I want to win some, some cups. So I'm out. Um, that brings us to the Red Wings, Matt. Uh, their 2008, it was basically, they got one guy. It was the goose. Nyquist. Um, besides being a serviceable forward for us, uh, you know, we did turn him into, into some draft picks. So woo, still got some good value for him. Yeah. Um, the one ugh, kind of a bummer in this draft was our first round pick was Thomas McCollum, who, you know, uh, usually kind of tough to pick a, a goalie in the first round. And it, 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 it was, this year was no exception because in the second round, the next two goalies actually ended up making it uh, McCollum, who's, who still played only uh, three total games. Um, you could have had Jakob Markstrom, who's, you know, he's been fine in Florida. He's not, you know, lighting the world on fire, but, you know, he's still got a couple hundred games under his belt. He's playing. And Jake, a Jake Allen, Jake Allen in <laughs> uh, St. Louis. Uh, no, he didn't actually really play in the Stanley Cup team, but he, he did get one game. Um, and he's, you know, he's been fine in the regular season. He's just not, you know, super duper mega ultra excellent. But both of them would have been upgrades over Thomas McCollum. So basically Red Wings. You get the goose who turns into more picks later on. So. Well, Mike, I, I want to get uh, a couple more of these um, pitches here from, from our other uh, hockey team. So I, we're going to go back to back here uh, before we, uh, then we're going to end the show with the, the Vegas interview. But um, 
Mike, we've got uh, Sporty with, with Corey and Richie who talk the Arizona Coyotes. Richie's actually going to do the talking here. Um, but <laughs> Richie wants to let us know, uh, especially as uh, a Coyotes team that helped us out and, and doing a trade to take uh, take old that souk off our hands, take that dirty old contract. Um, <laughs> why, why should, uh, including that, why should Red Wings fans cheer for the Arizona Coyotes? Here it is. Hey, Red Wings fans, it's Richie from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We cover the Arizona Coyotes, and I want to explain to you guys why you should hop on the bandwagon of the Arizona Coyotes in this postseason. Number one, hey, remember back 10 years ago when you smoked us in the playoffs and and you went on your way to a Stanley Cup final and we were just but a roadblock for you guys to get there? We were super nice, weren't we? Like, we didn't hate you guys all that much back then. Number two, Pavel Datsuk. He was a coyote once, right? Never suited up for us. But that still counts, at least a little bit. Number three, who doesn't love an underdog? Coyotes are the 11th seed in the Western Conference. Plus, I'm sure you guys are still pissed at pretty much every single team in the in the Western Conference anyway, because they have all pissed you off at some point in the past. But the Coyotes, the wee little Coyotes in the desert, where hockey, quote, isn't supposed to be played, we've never done anything to you. Come on, Red Wings fans, hop aboard, howl along, become Coyotes fans this postseason, and you will not regret it. Oh. And a quick turnaround here. I, I want everybody to hear and meet Hockey Troll of the official Caps Chirp podcast. Uh, Hockey Troll lives up to his name, trust me. Uh, but he also wants you to join in and rooting for the Washington Capitals. Uh, and uh, let's see if uh, Alexander Ovechkin can get his second cup. Uh, pretty good shot, I would say, uh, this, this, this time. Uh, or, or, uh, what do I want to say? This season, with with how crazy everything's being put together here, and uh, all that rest, I think Ovechkin's going to have. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster playoff. Uh, but anyway, here, here's uh, here's Hockey Troll. Greetings and salutations, Red Wings fans. It's me, the Hockey Troll of the official Caps Chirp podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, representing your very own Washington Capitals. Unfortunately for you. Long gone is the year in 1998 where your all-time great team swept us in the Stanley Cup Finals. No, it is now the year 2020. The world faces a global pandemic and the Red Wings have cashed in a total of 39 points with a negative 122 goal differential. By far the worst team in the NHL. Those are two statements you probably would have never guessed would be true in your life. Don't feel bad though. My Washington Capitals turned in a paltry 21 points and negative 265 goal differential in 1975, both of which still stand as NHL records in the modern era. And for that reason alone, you should be rooting for the Washington Capitals as they begin their playoff run for another Stanley Cup. Do the right thing. Root for the Caps. Or we're not friends anymore. Let's go Caps. All right, Mike. We are back. We are here now to do our 2008, which we've labeled, again, incorrectly. Every week, we uh, forget to label this as the correct year draft. Roy's a year behind. The 2008 NHL draft. And you know what we forgot to mention? What's that? This draft happens right after we win a Stanley Cup. 
I remember those. I, you know, it's interesting though because in 2002 we said that was probably the best year in Red Wings history because of the massive draft we had that would lead to us uh, actually winning the Stanley Cup with the players that we drafted that year. And yeah. uh, this one, I mean, it just kind of fits, right? We only pick up Gustav Nyquist, who's not even on the team anymore. Um, and, and it just slowly starts to go downhill from there. And we know, like, some of the future draft picks that are coming up that, uh, you know, honestly, just, I mean, look at our team. So just <laughs> didn't work out the way uh, 2002 worked out. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Mike, I think I took the number one pick last week. So you have the number one pick this week with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you had the one-man band uh, last episode this this time. I don't think there's really any debate. I mean, we're going to talk about there's some really excellent defensemen uh, that are going to be available, but there's... I think there's some debate. I don't know. There's one amazing, like, generational forward in this draft. And it's a guy who... Uh, we I, I'm always impressed when somebody snatches away most goals in a season award from Ovechkin. And this is a guy who did it twice. My God. Um a guy that Red Wing fans uh, salivated over, um, a guy that Red Wing ownership had a boner for. Uh, they literally had this this blank check that just said, Steven Stamkos, please, whatever you want. If you want shares in Little Caesars, Lifetime of Pizza, whatever you want, sir. Here you go. And he turned it down. <sighs> the number one pick. It, I know you're going to make a case for Dowdy, but... It's got to be Stamkos. You don't I, I, like to have a top line guy who's you know going to get you sixty freaking goals in a season. There just there aren't a lot of those guys you can pluck off trees. I, I think that we've seen some weird instances of defensemen kind of you know worming their way in and you know learning this game. Um, but man, like top top level talent. Uh, you know this is this is kind of I know the injuries might kind of. Um, um, you know, dissuade you from wanting to pick him because, you know, he wasn't available all the time uh, throughout his, 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 his career here in the NHL, but it's really hard to turn away that kind of point production, like that kind of consistency game for game for game. Um, it hasn't amounted to uh, a lot of postseason success uh, for Tampa. We've, we've seen some nightmarish scenarios uh, with the winning president's trophies and that just totally crap in the bed. Um, but this guy is, is so freaking productive. I, I, I think you'd be remiss from not drafting a guy who, uh, just rocks and rolls for your fantasy team and NHL video games. It's just, he is a living video game, Matt, give me Steven Stamkos all day at number one. All right. Mike, he was number three on my draft board. Man, number one, shame. Woo! number one on my draft board is not Drew Doughty. Ew, yuck. No. Boo. <laughs> All right. So to kind of, I mean, I, I got to set it up like you. Uh, but this, this, this gentleman actually didn't make his way to the West Coast in reality until the 2018-19 season. Mike, the Los Angeles Kings did get a pretty good defenseman. In Drew oh, Doughty. boy, here we go. But they're going to get one that's so much better. And Are you Josh taking my Winters. mustache? 
You cross your fingers that uh, those legs don't blow up and that he gets to stay speedy uh, for his entire career. It's uh, it's Eric Carlson for me. He's number one on my draft board. He's going number two in this draft. Uh, Los Angeles Kings. Again, you don't, you know, Drew Doughty is not, I think right now we make fun of him and, and he's got the huge contract and hasn't panned out. Maybe not. But that's not even the conversation we're having right now. The the upgrade, I think, from Dowdy to Carlson, even though the playing styles are different, I, I think is is hard to measure. And it's so hard to get a, a defenseman that changed that can that helped Ottawa get to a Stanley Cup. I mean, Ottawa's proved that, you know, they, they struggled coaching wise and strategy wise and, and everything wise, but they still made it to a Stanley Cup with Eric Carlson leading the way. So number two for me, and number one in my heart, uh, Eric Carlson. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a good pick, man. I'm I'm pretty jealous of that. Great. Um, I was really hoping that you would just go in order and I could snag him for Atlanta at number three. Um, nope. but not gonna happen. Um, well, I mean, it's this, like I no. mean, you can't really complain. Uh, for for Atlanta, if they lose out on what I thought was gonna be Carlson. Uh, they're they're gonna get an excellent defenseman. It's as we're gonna see, most of these teams kind of they were they were sniffing out the right. Um, Sniffing out the right uh, recipe here that this draft was super defenseman uh, heavy. Um, I'm going to pick a guy who, uh, one of our good boy award winners, Matt. Um, And my God, uh, the dude from 20 is age 25 to 28 did not miss a regular season game. Uh, You know, an all-star Norris trophy winner. Um, He's, he's been excellent Uh, in their Stanley cup winning seasons uh you know he he was able to get you know 16 and 18 points respectively so out of a defenseman pretty pretty damn impressive stuff so while carlson may have taken you there dowdy actually you know maybe did a little little extra he did just a little extra for me okay so i'm i'm taking drew dowdy he's taking atlanta from the toilet up to the top of the bowl and they're they're going to be relevant with this guy. And if you need a laugh in your life with these COVID times, you absolutely need to go to Hockey Reference. Look at Dowdy's amazing uh, two front teeth missing picture. It will brighten your life. He looks like from Pokemon of Badoof. Uh, but Drew Badoof Dowdy, uh, hell of a pick for number three. Um, Atlanta gets a major upgrade from what they did originally. All right. So I'm really going to throw things for a loop here. Oh like, boy, I, here we go. I, uh, I think I'm I'm. Especially recent history is where this is coming from because I, I sh- or you know what? Let me yeah, yeah. Let, let me mix it up. I, I should go with the easy thing here. I shouldn't try to like outdo or outthink uh, the competition here. Let, let's just make it easy. This I, I'm gonna pat. I ranked him based on like this past season. So the second guy on my draft board, I'm gonna keep him there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hope that you don't take him on the on the next pick here. Uh, but I, I'm gonna let St. Louis hold on to Pietrangelo. I, I I'm okay with that. I he's he's nothing to sneeze at. So I mean, you kind of we're, we're talking about Drew Doughty and his accomplishments, and I started thinking like, oh, are you gonna take Pietrangelo right here? Um, but yeah, the, like like the All Star games, he's always been in like Norris conversations. Uh, not winning one, but. We've got some fourth place finishes, fifth place. Uh, it, it really fell uh, after uh, the, uh, the 2015 season down to like 22nd place, uh, like 16th place. But he's always in that conversation. And it, it does help being, you know, uh, 
one of the best defensemen for one of uh, the defining defensive teams that would be the St. Louis Blues over like the last 15 years. But yeah, uh, give me Alex. He's uh, he's sticking in St. Louis uh, as that number four pick. Boom. Uh, that takes me to Toronto, who uh, they took Luke Shen, who, eh, you know, he's pretty good uh, defenseman. I, I just think we can do a little bit better here. Um, we're going to pick a guy who... Um, he didn't quite come out of the gates, just, you know, uh, lighting the world on fire, all right, like uh, the past couple defensemen that we took. But he's uh, he's definitely coming into his prime here. Um, you know, he's had, you know, a couple back-to-back really excellent seasons, um, you know, finally getting that Norris recognition, not winning, just getting uh, pretty good votes for it. Uh, all-star, give me John Carlson, man. Um, he's doing really well. Oh, past couple seasons, you know, at age 28, 29, 30, you're looking at a defenseman getting 68 points, 70 points, 75 points. Um, that is nothing to sneeze at. Um, I love that. We both. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 he's, he's doing well. I don't know why that, uh, that sound effect was coming out of man. And you know what? Playing for the caps. He did finally get that, uh, Lord Stanley cup, uh, for Ovi there. And you know, 17, 18. Oh, um, he also performed really well that um, that playoffs because he had 20 points in the 24 games played. So I, I the Capitals have had some uh, kind of scary, you know, who's going to show up and get points for us in the playoffs. That's why they've had so many uh, donuts for years. And then 17-18, uh, I think, you know, Carlson's a guy you could count on. So I don't think uh, Toronto's going to be upset with that. They get a big six foot three dude who, you know, shows some consistency. He's going to, he's getting what just better with age and, Hell yeah! I'm proud of this pick. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm mad with your sound effect. Boo! Debbie Carlson, come I'm on. I'm fine man. with my sound effect because I'm going to take uh, one of the analytics darlings and is, I hope finally going to win his Norris Trophy this year. This is the guy I had at my, number two on my draft board with some <laughs> wow. bias. Woo! Is, uh, and I, and I just held on because I was like, oh, Mike might not take him, uh, but he's off the board now. Uh, Roman Yossi is headed, you know what? I don't even see what team I'm drafting for. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Holy crap. What a, what an upgrade from Nikita Filatov. Um, <laughs> they went, they went left wing, but I don't think they knew how many amazing defensemen were going to be coming out of this draft. And Roman Yossi really is, I mean, it's, it, it really is like the game changing defenseman that you want. He doesn't knock it out of the park with points and that's why he's always struggled uh, to get over the hump of, of Eric Carlson and beating that because that's that's really what, what you know, from a marketing perspective, that's what you want to see. And then you get to say, oh, my defenseman has all these points and he moves so fast and he's got long hair and he's got a cool mustache. But Roman Yossi, <laughs> Roman Yossi does the job. He he is a defenseman. Um, and he's leading, yes. you know, we talked about St. Louis doing such a great job. Uh, I mean, Nashville, when they when they make it deep in the playoffs, it's it's again because they are defense first, and they 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 need to with the, with the leadership so? from Roman Yossi. Like that's that's where they get their victories. Um, so I, yeah, a hundred percent Roman Yossi going sick. So does he just need a little bit uh, like a, a, a marketing manager to kind of you know make him a little more colorful? At, like honestly, it, it's one of those things with the NHL where it's like okay, you've You've gotten your votes, and now it's time for the media to just recognize, you know, true greatness, and uh, and then they hand over the Norris. Like it, 
you you start by getting involved in the conversation for Norris, yeah. and then you start moving up in the boating, and then eventually it's just kind of like, all right, let's give it to him. Well, uh, speaking of recency bias, Matt, um, the NHL's back on TV, and one of the first games I watched was the Rangers and the Islanders. Um, so that's why, Matt, I think contributing to this pick here for the Nashville Predators, who originally took Colin Wilson, um, who, you know, was was the, the Colin Robinson of what we do in the shadows of the 2008 NHL draft. Um, he's not going seven again. We're going to give them a little upgrade. They want a forward. We went pretty defense heavy. What was that? Four or five in a row? Good Lord. Um, we're going to go uh, Jordan Eberle, Matt. He's uh, he's definitely he, sticking. If if they're going to pick the Colin Robinson of the what we, you know, what we do in the shadows. Uh, if you look at some guys, you know, we, we made fun of uh, getting some marketing behind your image, uh, whether or not you look like a Bidoof, uh, whether or not you have a cool old timey pirate mustache. Uh, this yeah. is not Jordan Eberle. He is a very uh, uh, expressionless uh, <laughs> fellow. Uh, but he does one of those things that are near and dear to our hearts. As Red Wing fans, he's a contender for some Lady Bings. Um, and, you know, he's just been, he's, you know, been a, a you know, like a third, kind of third line guy, kind of, you know, getting like, you know, like 50 points. He, he had one strong season. Uh, you know, he had 76 one year, but he, he hasn't quite been able to match that since. Um, you know, he's been more of a gentleman than a point scorer. Um, but, you know, slight upgrade and, I think we're starting to really see this draft fall off um, at this point from some world-class defensemen and then some, eh, you know, pretty, pretty good forwards and defensemen. So Matt, that takes us to the Yost at number eight. All right. I think, I think with this, because we, we talked about, um, well, I'm going to give it away here, but the dead soup diamond in the rough uh, award, but it, it really. Uh, here it comes. I, I think it comes down to Here this. It comes. He didn't. He didn't necessarily have an incredibly lucky start. Um, I mean, if you take a look, you you can clearly see like the amount of games played that a guy like Cam Atkinson has compared to uh, so many other guys on this list. I, I think. I think it could be something that maybe these numbers are a little bit higher if he's got as many seasons or uh, as many seasons under his belt and and he jumps up these rankings a little bit. And I think that's that's probably what's hurting uh him on this list but I, i'm gonna take cam atkinson um again I, I think um i think what you get out of cam and, and a guy who who actually uh you can see over his career is is uh, plus 33 so from any respect he's he's at least a little bit responsible from home but um uh, it was very tough to find any forward outside of Steven Stamkos that was really going to rock your numbers. Um, and like I said, Cam Atkinson has been on a Columbus Blue Jackets team that until recently uh, was, was tough for them to find some success and uh, to, to become a little bit more respectable. So I, I, I like Cam Atkinson at this spot. I think he hasn't had a ton of talent to play with. I mean, even... They get one season of uh, Panarin, and then he he jumps ship. So it's 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 one of those things where I think this could look a little bit better if he wasn't the only like it. I'm not. He wasn't the only guy producing for Columbus, but uh, he he did a lot for for this team, and and it was even enough, Mike, to get some Hart Trophy votes. Um, 
And if I can pull this up real quick, I can actually give you the F in year. But in the 2016-17 season, that's, 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 as we love to say, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but yeah, um, he didn't finish anywhere near the top 10. But when you get those Hart Trophy votes, you're starting to recognize that this cat has a lot of work to do on a team that doesn't have a lot going for it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take him. All right, I, this is this is my last pick of this draft, and it, you know, uh, Islanders with Varlamov, they're they're going to be like, Michael, what are you doing to our team? Now we're going to have a glut. But I didn't want this guy to go through the draft and potentially the redraft and potentially not get picked. Man, it's a guy who we should probably get used to. It's a guy that you should learn to love because there's a very high likelihood that he's going to be a Detroit Red Wing come this uh, this off season, man. The Stanley Cup carrying, a uh, couple-time All-Star. What a what a Vesna! You can't be upset with a Vesna, can you? Matt, get ready to welcome Braden Holpe to the Red Wings. Uh, but first, we're going to welcome him to the New York Islanders because <laughs> that's who's going with my last pick here, uh, number nine. Um, you you know these goalies. It's so hard to say that you know it's just year to year to year to year. Um, uh, consistency. You just try to catch lightning in a bottle a couple of times. And this is a guy who, you know, did have that consistency, uh, you know, his age 25, 26, 27 season. Um, just a lot of winning, um, a lot of personal accolades. And then the most important thing of all being a Stanley cup winning goalie. So there aren't a lot of those men and the Red Wings are probably going to be adding one to their roster. Um, even though he's, um, you know, not, not quite as good as he was, um, in his apex, um, he's starting to fall off a little bit, but sometimes it's just that little change of scenery that kind of gives you that, that kick, uh, back into, uh, high gear there. So Matt, we don't want Holpe to go unmentioned. So he's getting picked. Matt, that brings us to pick number 10 for the Vancouver Chronos. So, um, this, this is tough. I, I feel like we haven't had this much of a struggle to like get through the top 10 uh, than in this draft. I, I, I really think, so I'm looking at our, our list here and I have a 10, but I, I, I'm even questioning who's on my list here at number 10. And I think I'm going to have some fun with this instead of just taking, you know, like highest points. Yeah. Um, Mike, if I go through this list of everybody uh, who's left and I try to find a guy who had some heart trophy votes do you know who I just am? Uh, who I just found had some heart trophy votes, and it's going to go number ten to the Vancouver. Canucks. I love a good mystery, but maybe I got to go house in, shopping. Maybe <laughs> turn in two got? good seasons, like he did over his career so far. I love Mike, a good mystery, but I got to go house shopping. Who you got, Matt? Number ten, Vancouver Canucks are taking Gustav Nyquist. The 13-14 season. You talked about Cup. worming in some names. Huh? I Art. felt guilty about mine, but you, you, you old dog, you. All right. Was, I mean, you can't, you can't get around it. 13-14. He, he had uh, heart trophy votes. God damn. God damn. Well, that wraps it up. I gotta go buy uh, me a house. Yeah, that's it for this. Uh, <laughs> we have to. I hope you stick around here for uh, the conversation with. Uh, Dave Aikman from Vegas Nightly, the newest podcast to be added to the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, stay tuned, listen, and uh, enjoy. Uh, this guy's actually from 
uh, the Detroit area. So that's why he was excited to jump onto this podcast. So get to know Dave a little bit and then uh, learn a little bit more about uh, what's going on in Vegas uh, this season, why you should cheer for Vegas, and uh, why it's so easy to make the transition from a Detroit fan to a Vegas fan. All right, Mike, you got to go. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, have a good one. Uh, this is no problem at all. I, f- I feel like I'm wasting hockey fans' times with a Red Wings <laughs> podcast on a weekly basis. Um, Dude, I, I'm I'm high risk for COVID. I've been stuck in my house since March, pretty much. So anything I can do to get rid of the boredom, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> Very cool. No, I, uh, I I hear you on that. I think uh, I think everybody's been like taking that opportunity to like, all right, let's let's kind of upgrade what we're doing. Uh, so at least with us, uh, I'm happy too, uh, Dave. Uh, let me let me introduce you because I actually hit record, so we're just gonna use this. Uh, I like it. I like banter that uh, is <laughs> that works. Uh, but this is this is Dave Aikman of uh, Vegas Nightly. The podcast is at Vegas Nightly. You can follow them with the hashtag uh, Weekly Nightly, which uh, I I love. But the second I saw that it was Vegas Nightly, I was kind of thinking that's that's where that you got to play with Nightly. Uh, it, it's perfect. Uh, but Dave, you are uh, at Aikman CMU, and uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess here. Is that Central Michigan? Central Michigan University. Uh, started there fall '97. Graduated from there in 2003 with a double major in geography and earth science with an emphasis in secondary education. Very cool. Um, and, and you were telling me uh, before we started recording, um, I mean, hats, oh, literally, hats off to you, man. Um, the, the work that you are doing in the, in the Nevada area. Um, you know, I, I have, uh, my, my mother-in-law is a teacher, so I'm just, uh, there's the giveaway of what your, your job is. Uh, so I, I heard the horror stories, but uh, as you put it, uh, you're you're going above and beyond and uh, helping some. Yeah. Um, I, I, and you probably have a better way of putting it. Uh, how would you define uh, the folks that you're well, helping? For for me, teaching it, it is my life. Uh, I know beforehand you asked me if I had kids of my own. I said no, but except for the kids that I teach are my kids, and some of them, uh, you know, they're 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 all great kids. But they all have their issues, and some of them, right. some I would actually legally adopt if I really could. If I really, really could do that, I would. Um, like, I had one just graduate this year. I mean, she basically, she calls me dad. Oh, man. So, no. But uh, she's an awesome kid, though, too. Well, uh, so what I'm doing here, Dave, uh, I hope I'm really setting you up with the alley-oop here, because uh, as uh, we're talking on the Red Wings podcast, you guys don't even need to know the next thing we're going to mention for you to be on board with Dave, uh, especially with uh, with that story there. But uh, Dave, coming from Michigan, you are a huge Red Wings fan. We can see the blanket behind you, so you can't hide it. But, uh, I, you know, we got in the conversation about how many Red Wings jerseys you have. I confessed I'm a hat guy. I, I'm, I think I, I, I failed because I'm wearing the same hat I wore on the last interview. And I did want to wear a different hat for, like, every interview I do. Um, but uh, I'm a hat guy, you're a Jersey guy, but it, it's all about uh, it's all about the Red Wings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, help us. Let's build this case here because Dave is someone to trust, ladies and gentlemen, and, and we all oh, know what I'm man. doing. Oh man, my first jersey I got was a Paul Coffey jersey mm. back in 1994, 1995. That was nice. the very first one I had, uh, and then it was the only one I had forever because I just couldn't afford jerseys for a while. But then right. as I, I got older, uh, I bought, especially during the, the 2002 run, I bought a few. 
Oh yeah, uh, I mean, there's some I mean, there's some legendary names that you get to throw on a Wings jersey there. Uh, a Lidstrom, a Konstantinov. Uh, I know I have the not uh, no the 75th anniversary jersey okay. of Eiserman. Very I have cool. that the old school black Eiserman was one too, but that's still in Michigan with a friend of mine. Oh no, it probably wouldn't fit me anymore anyway. But still, <laughs> uh, I let her borrow it. To, when she went to a game with uh, looked like her brothers or something, uh, and we kind of lost touch after that. We still talk every once in a while. It's just that she's still there and I'm here, and I only go back during the summertime. And man, so. I I hold grudges for DVDs I've never seen, and you know we're already on to Blu-rays and and 4K and Ultra HD, and I'm still angry about those DVDs. So, uh, uh, God bless you for uh, <laughs> for not uh, yeah for not tearing them down a little bit harsher. Um, all right, so huge Wings fan, uh, and you've made that change over to Vegas. I, I myself have said a million times on our show, uh, it was so easy for me to transition into kind of joining together uh, Detroit fandom and Vegas fandom. I, I don't know if I could put a finger on it, but you're in the area. What, what do you, you know, what do you see? What, what made the easy transition for you besides just being in the, in the area, but seeing what Vegas is doing over there? Well, for me, the transition kind of goes a little differently because people, even though people give me crap on both sides. Oh, great. I'm still fans of both teams. And it's like, well, what they play each other? I'm like, either way, I win. <laughs> it's either way. What they meet in the Stanley Cup final. I hope it goes to seven games and every single game goes to overtime. Perfect. <laughs> because more hockey, the better. Um, no, I, I, I will still be, I mean, I'll have to maybe send you this later on, but they'll. Yeah. A game in November when uh, Vegas played in Detroit. I was there. I was front row right in the corner. Nice. And on the Vegas broadcast, you can easily see me because uh, – who was it? Uh, well, one of the wings is fine. I cannot remember who it was all of a sudden. But yeah. he was behind the net just waiting for everyone to move around so we can move the puck up. And I knew the camera would be on me. I start waving. And you can see me on the broadcast waving. So there's the proof right there, folks. Yeah. Um, huge, huge double fan. Um, yep. Now uh, I have this hat on right here that I'm wearing right now, and I have my Gerard Gallant jersey on. Oh, very nice, the Gallant. All right. And that's when he was still the coach of the team. Man, uh, I'm super jelly right now of all, all the jersey mentions because uh, we we talked like uh, a, a fraction of a second about my jersey because I I'm just I'm a huge Dad Souk fan, and that's all I've got. If there was a new Dad Souk jersey that came out, I would go pick that sucker up, but. Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, that's a whole other conversation for another day. I actually yeah. gushed on the Ice Analytics podcast, and it was disgusting. I, I, I were throwing up. I could go on and on because I have jerseys like crazy, not just hockey, but basketball or not uh, baseball and football as well too. Oh man! So I, for the wings jerseys, I try to have one in every single one that they've worn, every type, and I try to do the same thing with the Tigers as well too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, the, the Tigers for me has always been tough, but uh, I think Detroit fans right now, they, I mean, it's tough every angle. Um, all right, so right now, it's 2020. We've got uh, uh, the Golden Knights are one of the teams that we can actually pick to cheer for as, as Red Wings fans. Um, is, is there something that you might point to that makes them really easy to cheer for? And this is before we get into, like, the final pitch. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's the enthusiasm this team plays for, not just – for themselves, but the, this community here. The way the team stepped up uh, after the October 1st shooting in 2017, the way they just interacted with the community, they donated blood, they 
donating their time, giving out supplies to victims and families of the victims. I mean, the whole community just came together off that team. And that was before the team exploded out the way they started that season. That was before that. And then as they kept winning and winning and winning, the whole community, the whole city here, the whole valley just came together and got behind that team. And it was just, it, everyone saw how magical it was. I mean, nobody expected, not even us. You know, I mean, I thought I thought they'd be able to compete with, uh, you know, maybe for a wild card spot or something. Because yeah, as people say, the the, draft, the expansion draft was rigged. Okay, um, well, a lot of the better players they got was actually through trades, not necessarily the expansion draft. Yes, they were related to the expansion draft. Yeah, but nobody expected that trip to the finals. That the lottery draft is certainly rigged, but I don't, I don't know about that expansion draft. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I was very upset with that. Actually, though, I think I was more upset that a playing team got the number one pick than I was with Detroit getting the fourth pick. It's, uh, I mean, we've gone episode. I think we did a streak of five straight episodes of me complaining about it. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the, the whole idea behind why they need a draft lottery and then going the exact opposite direction uh, for how this – Playing team in the qualifier round and somebody getting this shot is going to work. Just well, classic NHL, in my yeah, opinion. It, it, though, just like what Eiserman said, they statistically got in the spot that they were most likely to get into, which was the four spot. See, and that's which, why he's the GM and not one of us podcasters, because I would have just been, I would have done that Zoom live with uh, the, the Detroit media, and I, I'd have been swearing up a storm, man. Uh -huh. It, it would have been ugly. I'd be fired immediately. I, it'd be worse than Cheka. But uh, so let's, <laughs> I, I got to throw in um, at least what I think is controversial of, of what's going to happen here for the Golden Knights once, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this is easier for you to answer because you, you, your eyes are probably glued a little bit closer than mine. But uh, who, who should be and who is going to be starting in net for the Golden Knights? I, I feel like that seems to be the biggest question uh, for me because I, I, that, that's what I look at with the Golden Knights. You either have classic Marc-Andre Fleury or you go, you know, I, I think from a coaching decision, it looks like Leonard seems to be the way to, to lead. But what do you see? Well, we, I was talking about with the guys with Vegas Nightly earlier today because I'm like, I was like, man, that's a really good question. But we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, kind of, and we said to ourselves that it kind of depends on how they look in the in the the Ron Robin games. Uh, Flurry started yesterday, looked pretty good. Uh, Leonard's going to start the game against Dallas, and they'll probably flip back and forth. But we both kind of, well, or all of us kind of said that it depends on the matchup. And okay. then the more I thought about it, I thought back to 2008 where Hasek started in the first round and then they switched to Ozzy. Yeah. I can yeah. kind of see the same thing happening there. Depending on who they match up with, they'll start with one goalie. And if it doesn't start working, then they'll, they'll switch and then just roll with it. But it, it kind of depends on the matchup. Leonard's a huge goalie and he, he, he fills the net. Yeah. So maybe a, a more methodical team will play against them where Fleury's the more athletic goalie. And if you got a, a fast team that moves the puck very well, maybe he'll play against them because he can move quicker. Well, that, that philosophy got the Predators. Uh, it almost got the Predators a cup So I, with Pecorine. So I, I like just going big with a goaltender. I think it makes sense. Um, but I, I, I do still have, like, I, you get all warm and fuzzy when you think about Flower. So it's like, how do you, 
you, you don't want to bring him into a coach's meeting and, and just, you know, you got to see his, his smile flip upside a, a down. Little, I just couldn't do it. I got a little tidbit about Flurry as well, too. Uh, yeah. 2008, game one at Joe Lewis. I was there. Oh, I was nice. at that game. I, I, a friend of mine happened to be getting married that weekend. Uh, my boss let me have a couple of days off after Memorial Day. So I flew home, had the wedding on, I think, a Friday. I think that game was on Saturday. I got tickets as soon as they went on sale. So I was actually at Mark andre Fleury's very first Stanley Cup final game, uh, which Detroit won 4 nothing. I think. It was before. Yep. Man, holy crap. Uh, I think people are going to start uh, questioning if uh, you should be hosting uh, the Red Wings podcast. Because I've, I've, I've said it before on our show, I've only been to one playoff game Uh Part of that is when I had money coming into my bank account and when we were actually successful. Um, but I, I only saw uh, when we when we swept uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's, that's the okay. only time I've, I've seen a playoff game. And it was beautiful, but I, I, I was jealous of the jerseys, but now, oh my gosh, getting to go to the Stanley Cup final. All right. Um, I, I remember Dave, I right, after gradu- was that? right after graduate high school, I put myself on the list for season tickets for the Wings. Yeah. My spot finally came up as I'm driving through Texas, moving to Las Vegas. Huh. So I was like, oh, that's a kick in the seat. So, but and you yeah. still had to, you sweat it out for like five minutes where you're like, well, maybe I can get them and like sell them all in StubHub. And then when I'm in town, I'll be good to go. Yeah. Uh, well, this is 2006 before those really came out so much. But yeah, I, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's let's hit the uh, the final number here. Um, your your pitch for uh, to for people to sort of make the same sort of um, let's assimilate with with the Vegas uh, community and the Vegas fandom. Let's go from Detroit Red Wings to Las Vegas fandom. Why you know why should we do it? Give us your pitch. Well, I got uh, start out with I got two words for you: Tomas Tatar and right. trade. After that. With that trade right there, and I'm probably the only Vegas fan that was actually happy about that trade. Because <laughs> you got a first, a third, and a or first, second, and third. And that first ended up being Joe Valeno, which I'm very excited about with him. I remember yeah. watching him at the World Junior Classic last year. I liked his spiciness. But the thing is, he, he's talented, too. I'm looking forward to him when he finally makes the, the big club. So I, you, you might be upset that I, I'm projecting him as a bottom six, but you still got to fill out a roster. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I could see that too, but I, I still just like it. That trade right there is like, wow, I can't yeah. believe they pulled that off. A first, Probably. a second, and a third for Tomas Tatar. I, and I was it, did we get a, did they get a single goal out of Tatar before the end of the season? No, he did. Okay. He, he got some, and he, I think he got, maybe one or two in the playoffs, but he didn't play in the finals. Because so, okay, Gallant that's where just I was... couldn't, Yeah, Gallant just could not um, get him into a spot. He, he kept moving him around, so he never had consistent line mates. So, but this team this year reminds me of that 1997 team. Oh, Minus man. the 42-year-old drought. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got, we got that, drought, that checking line. from Inception. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. You got, we got our, uh, our own grind line. They actually call themselves the meat grinders. Reeves is just, he's really turned his game around too, since he came to Vegas too. People thought he was a dirty player, but he's not now. Uh, he's really cool. My, minus the hit yesterday. Yeah. But uh, you can see that where that wasn't really his fault. Uh, the 
guy he hit, his head was down, and he just kind of leaned into it. So, and, that, and I would think uh, I'll, throw this, uh, I'll take Reeves' side any day of the week because he's one of the like better characters, I think, of all the NHL players that are out there. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I keep interrupting your pitch. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. I mean, this is your podcast anyway, so <laughs> I, I have a tendency to ramble on too. So, of course, that's probably the teacher side of me. So, but uh, <laughs> uh, it reminds me, '97. You got, like I said, the, the meat grinder line, and you got Stone and Pacioretty being, you know, our top dynamic scorers. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I love Stone. Uh, ever since he came in, he's he's a beast. Uh, you got a young defenseman grow, really growing into it now in Shea Theodore. I mean, I think he's going to have a breakout playoff this year. I mean, no way in the world will he ever remind me of Litchum. No. Maybe a Rapolsky. There we go. But there we I go. think next year, he's really going to break out next year, and he'll be a top 10 defenseman in the league. That's what a lot, a lot of us are thinking over here. And it's just, you know, the best pitch I could probably say about Vegas uh, or wing stands to go in Vegas stands is why wouldn't you want us to be, beat all the old rivals in the Western Conference? Why wouldn't you want us to beat Edmonton, Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, and Colorado? And then in the finals, knock out those damn dirty penguins. <laughs> That's, out a the bold, penguins. That's a bold statement right there. Or turning off the lightning. Oh, man. Ooh. See, I, don't, I don't know. I, I might still have some fuzzy feelings for the Lightning because of uh, the relationship with Stevie Y. But yeah. um, I, I honestly, when you you run through those names in the Western Conference, it's hard. It's hard to come up with a team that you find love for. And maybe that's yep. that might be it right there. Right? That's that's hitting the, the the nail right on the head, man. Like we have we haven't had to like butt heads. There's been no issues between the Knights and the Red Wings. I, no. I love that point. No, I I remember. Uh... Uh, that first season, though, when uh, Mantha, he's the one who actually uh, hit Flurry and got the concussion. Some people were upset. I'm like, dude, he's going after the puck. You expect him to do that. Flurry just happened to be in the way. You couldn't help that. Which, actually, in my eyes, is kind of a hindsight there, is the rest actually helped him because he was on fire after he came back. I mean, I, I'm glad that you're planted out there because you you have to do you have to do the work of us Wings fans to make sure that uh, Vegas doesn't get too angry at us when we show up uh, to watch those games. Yes, um, yep, yep. So, everybody, uh, like I, I've been saying since uh, since we started, this this is like the easiest team in the world to root for. I I I love like breaking up whatever the the norm is, and that's what I think the Vegas Golden Knights represent. I think that might be why they got screwed last year. But again, I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to the NHL. Not everybody else is. But uh, it, it can't possibly happen two years in a row. So we've got a pretty good chance yeah. of Vegas not getting screwed in the first round. Uh, but, Dave, I can't thank you enough. I don't know if there's anything else you want to plug that maybe you guys are, are doing on the show or anything like that. Uh, we're, we're both coming out every Monday. Uh, but I, again, thank you so much for coming on to, to give the pitch, yep. but, uh, yeah, I want to give you a minute here. Hey, and thank you for having me on too. But yeah, uh, right now what we're doing Vegas nightly at Vegas nightly is that we're in a competition with the Minnesota pod, the soda pod to see who can get the 500 followers first. And we've only had ours, a Twitter account for a week and we're already over 300. Now Minnesota's over 400. 
So, and the the giveaway, we have a giveaway with it too. If we hit 500 by Saturday, uh, we give a free jersey up. Oh man! So uh, that's nice. competition right there. I, I will say, you guys actually, uh, you made me hit the accelerator. So now I've been doing as much as I can on social media because I was like, oh, my God, we've been active for how many weeks? And we're still only hovering just above 200. So when I saw that you guys were, were going at it, I was like, all right, here come the Red Wings. We're, we'll be, we'll come in last place, as we should. But we're going to, you know, we're going to give an earnest effort. As the team improves. Yeah, as the team improves, things around will improve as well too. So, but uh, no, I'm with I love it. a lot of us. Like we, pretty good with our Twitter accounts, especially. Uh, I used to run the. I also coach high school basketball here in town. So oh, cool. and I ran our social media, so I kind of got a little bit of experience with that as well too. And so and AJ and Carlo, uh, Carlo is at some dude eighty eight. Uh, AJ's Choi underscore AJ. Uh, they they're into tech, so they, yeah. They, I, 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 I listened to you guys on your show, and then over on the you guys uh, were guesting on the soda pod too. Um, some of that stuff, I was like, oh shit, I I gotta work a little bit harder to, to figure yeah. out what the hell they're talking about. All right, and then um, I, I can't forget my our statistic guy Eric Simonis either. So, oh man, we don't even have a statistic guy. Yeah, it's just me running numbers. Yeah, All right, he he loves it. Uh, Dave, thank you so much again uh, for coming on. Uh, I hope that uh, you know we can have you on again because I I, I want Absolutely. to hear the insight as uh, from another Red Wings fan. I'm sure uh, all the Wings fans out there from hearing uh, hearing from two brothers for such a long time uh, gets gets a little exhausting. But uh, yeah, we'd we'd love to have you on once there's hockey games going on or maybe around the draft we can get some input on on where your head's at with uh, you know. Uh, Hopefully not picking up Jimmy hey, Drysdale. I, I would love to come back, and you know, you're welcome to come on ours anytime as well too. So fantastic. And let you know, I, I usually plan on going to every single game that when Vegas plays in Detroit. I didn't make the first one, but I've been at the last two. So you know, yeah, hey, uh, COVID's been a real bummer because that was the plan this year or uh, for next season was actually to set up a trip. Uh, we had a bunch of friends that were getting together, but everything we just. Even though we were planning, like, whenever that, that schedule was coming out, we just threw everything in the garbage. We are just like, all right, we'll, we'll wait till like, 2022 or something. Well, I got season tickets, so whenever you're there, you'll see me. Perfect. All right, thanks again, Dave. Uh, have yeah, a good one, and, and good luck. All right, go Knights, go.